mission. I needed to know what was wrong. I had to find out what it was. And the first thing I wanted to have is no toxic cleaning products. Just because you have brain change doesn't mean you can't still do things. You may do it differently. You might need more time. I decided to turn my disability into my ability, and around 7th and 8th grade, I started playing able-bodied sports. If we were knowledgeable, if we were educated, we would have solved science earlier. You battle, and you battle for every single inch of health. A New Perspective, hosted by Tim Sutton. This broadcast is produced by Griffo Productions. Brought to you by A Better Understanding, giving you a better understanding. Hey everybody, this is Tim Sutton bringing you a new perspective. Um, Just introducing you to different people and their journeys through life, uh, dealing with uh, what I prefer to call differabilities, not disabilities. Um, the reason being, everybody has abilities. It's just sometimes people do things a little bit differently, and and a lot of it is understanding. You know, there's so many people out there who have differabilities, things going on in their life and their body that they don't even realize um, they're dealing with or why they're dealing with, and um, just exposing you to people who are trying to make a difference to to help make their lives better and other people's lives better in the differability community. So last November, I had a, I had a young lady on my show. Uh, hopefully you got a chance to see it. If you haven't, I would recommend you go back. I believe it was season two, episode 25, uh, Kathleen, she, Kathleena, she's an allergy chef. Um, and just through her struggles uh, of understanding what's going on with her body and, and the foods we eat and the things we come in contact with, uh, she's found ways to make uh, life a little better for herself and other people and understanding some of the things in foods that our bodies are reacting to um, that, you know, it's a, it's a daily struggle. Not many people realize that they're going through this, but she just, she opened my eyes and hopefully she opened uh, some other people's eyes to what's going on with the things that are around us and the things we are putting in uh, our body. So I'd like to uh, bring back Kathleen the allergy chef uh, to have a second discussion on what she's doing, what she's done since November and uh, the progress on some things we talked about since uh, last November. So welcome, Kathleen. I'm glad to have you with me today. Hey, it's so great to be back. It's hard to believe that it was November. I feel like, I don't know, time moves strangely in my head. I don't know about you, but. Um, it, it goes quick. It goes quick. Right? And unfortunately, the older you get, the quicker it goes. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I look back and I was surprised myself that it was all the way back in November. And I rewatched the show. Uh, just to pick up on some things she talked about, and hopefully uh, we can elaborate on some of it uh, today yeah. and see where you've been since November. I mean, that's seven seven good months there that you've had a lot to do, so you better have a lot to tell us and <laughs> better have been progress. I mean, okay, I, I actually do. I, I, um, I have actually completed what I will probably, as of this moment, I can't really think of anything that would change this statement right now. Maybe I will later but I've literally completed the most important thing I'll ever do in my entire life. Um, it's, it's a culmination project. It's called, well, so it's in two parts. The first one is called the newly diagnosed course. And then the second part is called the manual. Um, and it is literally everything you need to know the day you're diagnosed and both are free. And people are kind of like freaking out that it's free. 
you know, I've got friends wow. in the industry who, you know, make a business of this stuff and they're like, you need to charge for this. And I'm like, no, you guys, I couldn't sleep at night charging for this. Like, this is the kind of information that literally saves people's lives. Like, I'm not putting that behind a paywall. You right. know, and then on the other side, you've got people in tears going, oh my goodness, I can't believe you gave this away for free. And, you know, like they're benefiting from right. it. And so what it is, is uh, the course takes a few hours to get through, but it's, you know, it's, it's how to live, how to shop, how to read a label. It's the information that no one is really talking about. It is what you do when you are newly diagnosed. And then of course the manual, it's nearly a hundred pages long and it's got information on, you know, all the majors uh, in terms of food allergies, less common allergies, different diet types, different right. diagnoses, what they mean, where to start, you know, and then it links out to just hours and hours and hours of more reading that you can do on every single topic. And um, there's literally nothing else like it out there. And it started in a weird way as like almost like a joke, but it wasn't a joke, but it sort of was. Uh, this was years ago. A friend and I are talking and she goes, yeah, when my son was diagnosed with a seed allergy, they didn't tell us what it means. And I go, what do you mean they didn't tell you? Like, they weren't like, this is what you avoid. They're, she goes, they literally said, he has a seed allergy. Here's an EpiPen. See you later. And I'm like, no. She's like, I felt scandalized by the whole thing. I'm like, they right. didn't, right? And I was like, you know what? And this is like righteous anger me at the time. I'm like, I'm going to write a manual. And I'm going to make sure that every doctor in the country gets a copy of it. And that they have to give it out to every new patient. And she's like, yeah, you do that. We kind of laughed about it because, you know, it's a really big undertaking to write a document of that magnitude, oh, yeah. um, you know, with everything that different people experience. And sure enough, I finished it. And it was like, this is a big deal. Like, and you don't deal with any kind of dietary restriction. I guess the way I could um, I could give it to you is imagine if someone wrote you the manual for life, like quite literally said, you know, this is how you file you file your taxes. This right. is where the grocery stores are in your area. This is how you uh, negotiate for a better pay raise. Like if I literally gave you the manual of life and just said, here you go. You know, and I gave it out to like everybody on their 18th birthday, right? When they're now responsible for themselves. That's kind of the equivalent, right? This is the equivalent of you've just been diagnosed with a food allergy or a food intolerance. Here's the manual of life. Like, That's what is, I wanted to ask you about because you had brought that up in November about that. That was one of the things that you wanted to get done. And you were in the process of trying to put that together because uh, too many times doctors are saying, hey, you've got this or that. But see you later, you know, check back with me in, in a couple months. But they're really not defining or explaining what what the uh, parameters are of that allergy or that situation. And you you said you wanted to take those, I guess, diagnoses and diagnoses and explain what it meant. Because, yeah, a lot of times doctors are not taking the time to explain, OK, instead of just this is what we think it is, this is how you deal with it. Exactly. And that's the thing, like the manual and the newly diagnosed course, it is not a tool for diagnosis, right? It is, it's, um, it's more the, now, you know, now what do you do? Right. And what I was finding is that there was so much bad information or so much partial information. Um, and then also a lot of sterilized information because, you know, a lot of the stuff that's out there, they want to speak to the absolute certainty without recognizing that no two people are the same. Right. And so they'll only cover like some topics. Um, you know, for example, you won't find a lot of literature on 
less common reactions. It's just not there, right? You right. won't find a lot of literature on biphasic buildup and all other types of reactions. Whereas I covered all of it because okay. why not, right? Like why not tell people, hey, these are the different experiences you might have. Because when we don't cover that range, a lot of people end up feeling left out like, oh, well, maybe this doesn't apply to me. Maybe that's not what I have. But then when they finally read like, oh, well, I have all, I have, like, I've been through this, right? Like they suddenly feel so seen and feel like, like you get me, you know? And, and I think that's a good chunk of the battle too sometimes. Well, I wonder, you know, it's like even Alzheimer's. When, when you get diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you are pretty much diagnosed with the probable early onset of Alzheimer's. And I wonder sometimes if the doctors sometimes have these diagnoses and they say, well, it's this. Well, in reality, it may be the probable, you know, situation. And But if they take that step and do some research and look at some of the information you provided and try some of these, I don't know if you want to call them remedies, but try some of these alternative methods to see if you see a difference. And then I think it would validate whether or not what the diagnosis is, is valid, you know, but at least step up and try these things that you suggest you've researched and it, it, they may find that, no, that doesn't help. That doesn't make a difference, but then they can move on to something else. But uh, yeah, you wonder if some of the diagnoses are, are coming out where, yeah, it's technically probably, believe it's probably this, so go, you know, sorry, don't have anything else to help you, but see you later. We'll see you in six months. Yeah. We, we live in a time where there's a lot of Band-Aid medication and people just as in, like, this was one of the hardest lessons for me to learn personally. And I'm sure you've learned this lesson as well, but a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for themselves. Oh, like yeah. they, just, they literally just want to like hand over that part of whatever you know, they're like, oh, you have six initials after your name? Cool. Here's all my power. And I'm like, why? You know, right. like, wh where does that get you? Because at the end of the day, you know, what a lot of people fail to recognize is that no one on this earth, me and you included, cares more about their health and wellness than they can. Like, right. you are the only one who can care enough to make real change happen, right? Like, even doctors, like, really good, well-meaning you know, super kind, awesome and attentive doctors, even they, I mean, they don't live in your body, right? Like they can't force you to do what you need to do. They can't do a lot of things. I mean, yeah, you know, you have those moments where it's like, okay, my arm is broken and they reset your arm. Okay, cool. In that moment, right. they did it, right? Like you weren't going to do that by yourself. But when you're looking at anything outside of like emergency medicine, like you've got to be the driving force to help yourself, you know? Right. You talk about accountability and responsibility. It's just, you know, it just popped in my mind being a retired law enforcement in 34 years. You know, I can't tell you the number of time I've heard times I've heard and seen you arrest somebody or you go see what's in their pocket and you pull it out and they go, Oh, they're not, that's, these aren't my pants. Okay. I'm sorry. Do you make it a common practice to wear other people's pants? You know, it's just that lack of accountability. Um, but yeah, it's it's. These are my pants. Oh my god! Oh yeah, we we do that out. all the time. Yeah, I think it was I was somewhere and I just grabbed these pants and put them on. That's not mine. That what was in the pocket? The drugs weren't mine. They're somebody else's because these are somebody else's. I thought they were super gross though. Who goes and wears somebody else? I mean, it's one oh, thing like when you're a kid and you go to a sleepover and you forgot to pack extra clothes. But come on, these are adults we're talking about. Well, like, it's just not want to take accountability is all it is, and they're looking for yeah. a way out. But. Yeah, but you offer those resources. Another thing you said is you 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 
you don't you don't want to put stuff out there for profit. You know, you don't want to make people have to pay for this information because you see how important it is that people get the information. Some people may be leery, don't want to spend money on this and that. And, and I admire you for what you do because I've often, you know, I've spent 20 years traveling, teaching Alzheimer's, dementia, autism, other intellectual disabilities. And now I'm kind of delving into the round of realm of just disabilities in general, differabilities. And um, I've often felt like, you know, you go out, and you speak or spend the day teaching and you might get paid. But part of me is like, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm out here trying to monopolize on their situation or something like that. But I find a lot of families and, and people are like, no, we just appreciate you going out and doing it. And, and I know knowledge is power and people will pay a lot of money for power. Um, and I've done a lot of free stuff myself going out and teaching and training and speaking and kind of like you're doing, you're putting it out there because you're not trying to benefit off of the other people's misfortune, but you're trying to enlighten them, um, educate them so they can live better lives. Like you found ways to adapt and, and make your life better. And you wish the same for all of those people. Yeah, Yo, you get me. And you know, the crazy thing is, and you may have seen this as well. It's like, even when it's free, people still don't follow through. Oh, yeah. just like, I literally just gave you the ant. Like, I tell people, I'm like giving you the cheat sheet to a 1600 on an SAT. I'm assuming 1600 is still the number, but you know, it's like, I couldn't break a thousand, so I don't, <laughs> right? It's like, I'm giving you the answers to the test, and, and right. you're like looking at the cheat sheet, looking at me, and you're like, no, I'm good. Well, it's free, so it couldn't be it couldn't be valid. This is what exactly. some people are gonna look at. And you do have people like that where they're like, if it's free, it must not be worth right. anything. And it's like, no, you don't get it. It's free because it's literally worth everything. And I just right. don't want to make sure you know, I don't want you to feel like you don't have access to it, you know? Right. Well, you got, you know, you've you've dealt with your situation and you've come to realize some things about yourself and as foods and and the diet and stuff, but you've also dealt with kids and children and trying to, I guess, uh, delve into, okay, what's, what's having effects on them. So if for people out there who have kids or dealing with some issues, what advice can you give them, uh, from your own journey dealing with, you know, working with your kids and finding out what the issues are, what advice have you got for them? Other parents? I would say the first big thing is, uh, number one, you're in charge. Okay. Like, and this goes back to giving up your power. But the thing is, is our children, like we are their sword and shield, right? If we take our foot off the gas, we're telling someone else you're in charge of my kid now. And you don't know who you're giving that power to. So first and foremost is you are in charge. You know, this is your responsibility. It is your job to not only protect that child, but to learn everything you possibly can about what you think it might be or what it could be. Learn all the different options you know, and get the second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th, 20th opinion, you know, do what you have to do. And don't be afraid to push back. You know, a lot of parents, they think that, well, the doctor said, I'll tell you a story. I am um, a family approached me for help with their child, who was failure to thrive. Now failure to thrive basically means if we can't change this, there's a good chance your child is going to die. Okay, big deal. It's not pleasant. Um, it be, and it's a lot of suffering for the child, right? The kid was basically refusing to eat food at this point. And I said, okay, show me the list of everything the child's allergic to and let me know what you're feeding them. Well, come to find out 
they were feeding the child what they had been diagnosed as allergic to. And the first thing I was like, why are you doing this? And they said, well, the doctor said it was okay because the numbers are low enough. And I said, okay, well, here's the problem. You're basically teaching your child that every meal they will be in pain. You need to eliminate the foods the child is allergic to. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. Your child cannot effectively communicate with you and say, hey, you know, when I eat this food, these things are happening. It's like, we as parents, we have to be willing to say, like, listen to our, you know, mom and dad guts and be like, no, this is, this is a bad idea. You just told me they're allergic to these foods, but now you're telling me to feed them these foods? Like, and you're not talking oral challenge in office type of setting. We're just talking, hey, go on your merry way and just, you know, do whatever. Like, no, that does not work. Now, no two people are the same. Yes, testing can be, you know, false positives, false negatives, all these things. But you have to start somewhere, right? You have to look at these test results and go, let's for the next 30 days assume they're true, eliminate everything there. We're going to keep a detailed food journal. We're going to take photos of everything so we don't forget what happened. We're going to write it all down and let's see what happens. Let's let's at least make sure the diagnosis is valid and that, you know, the issues that we were seeing before have cleared up, right? Like people aren't taking these steps. And so it's, um, I think that's why the first big piece of advice is simply you are in charge, right? Like you, you know, and, and part of the problem too, it's like, this is a bigger problem in society, but you know, we don't teach people how to critically think anymore. We tell them what to think, not how to think. And so people walk into these situations and they're like, well, the doctor said, therefore, it's like, I don't care what the doctor said. You know, it's like people who are diagnosed even with other things, right? Like when doctors are like, look at me, they're like, you're going to be dead in 30 days. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, like, it, you know, doctors say things all the time that don't pan out. And people, for whatever reason, love to forget that. And right. they just sort of like, take it as, well, the doctor said, you know, and, right. and that's not to say that every doctor is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What no. I'm saying is that we have a responsibility and a duty of care to ourselves and our children to make sure that what the doctor said is accurate. And if not, that we push back, ask more questions, request a different test, you know, like, don't be afraid to learn what you can and be like, you know, these are the 10 tests that I keep reading about that if it's this, these 10 tests could help so much in terms of like the diagnosis, right? Like, don't be afraid to ask for those 10 tests. And guess what? If they tell you no, do it yourself, right? You can order your own tests online. Learn how to, inter that's what I did. I learned how to interpret tests. Right. I learned all the nitty gritty about testing and then ordered like all of them, spent a small fortune ordering everything because I wanted to know, right? Like somewhere along the line, we have lost our innate curiosity, right? When you think about a child, think about how curious a kid is. When we're adults, we're like, man, I'm so over curiosity. I'm so over investigating and learning and doing like, for whatever reason, life just gets the better of you. But if you don't give up on that part of yourself, you learn so much. And like you said, knowledge is power. It's like, when you understand, oh, not only am I dealing with this thing over here, but I've also got these other numbers that don't quite look right and need right. to be addressed and all these things. Like that's power right there. That is real tangible power. Because honestly, at the end of the day, it's like, what do we really have that's ours? Our health and wellness is definitely at the top of the list, right? You know, like, I mean, they say money can't buy happiness. I mean, money technically can't buy health and wellness either, right? Like you've still got to do something. You've got to do some kind of work, but if you're not willing to do it, you have to be willing to accept that 
life is going to be kind of miserable, right? Like if there's always something bugging you and you're never really like, you know, on your A game. And, and that's the thing, like, I don't wish that on children. You know, it's why as an adult, I talk often about less common reactions and what it feels like, because, you know, people who are subjecting their children to a lot of things, or they're, they're kind of looking at like, well, we're good enough now, right? Like my kid's still suffering, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And so I go into detail what these reactions feel like, because here's the thing. It's like for people who don't have a point of reference, I think it's no big deal. And the truth is it's like, no, no, you're torturing your child. Like you well, don't feel and what you just said is sparked two things in my mind is, you know, you think about, well, I, I was just thinking about fast foods, you know, my child, oh, they want the nuggets. They want to go to fast food, drive through, get some nuggets and they're crying and, oh, I don't want my child hurt. No, oh, I don't want them upset. And after a while, you know, no, you can't have it. And then you end up caving in because you get tired of the the uh, screaming and whining and all. And you break down, you go buy them that food. But in essence, you're putting, yeah, they're, it's instant gratification for that child. But in the long run, you're causing more harm and pain uh, because your body, that child's body eventually is going to react to the, some of the ingredients. You know, you think about MSG and things like that. It's, it's addicting, but I, you know, they don't, Oh, I don't want them. You know, they want this and Oh, they're really upset. Oh, they must be in pain. They really want this. And just to alleviate that instant situation, that self gratification, aspect of it let's get get them what they want so they'll calm down settle down stop screaming and crying like they're dying but ultimately you're doing harm uh in in that long run where eventually you may be causing some more pain for that child and and you talk about different doctors you know i've been dealing with knee issues and go to the doctor and i've had surgery here and there and they're like yeah well you know you you're pretty much bone on bone uh and you're going to need knee replacement but we're not going to do that for another four years. You know, we won't wait till you're 60. Okay. Well, I've got friends of mine in their forties who have had knee replacements. Certain doctors would go ahead and follow through, but the ones I've gone through, Oh no, not until you're 60. So I'm dealing with bone on bone issues. So you get a different perspective from each doctor that you go to. Some doctors are remedying the situation. Others are, no, let's just hold off. Let's just hold off. So it's not a cookie cutter response or answer. It all depends on the doctors that you're going to. Yeah, that's kind of wild to me because I'd be like, we're going to wait longer. Like, it's not like your knee is going to spontaneously regrow. Right. right. Like, that kind of doesn't make any sense. Once you can't walk, then we'll go ahead and replace it. But, you know, in their, their mindset, a lot of them is, well, you know, the knee replacement is only going to be good for so long. So let's hold off until mm. we pretty much don't have any other choice but to do it. So that's just something mm -hmm. I struggle with, but that's an example of, yeah, I've got friends posting pictures on Facebook. Here's my, you know, it looks like a daggone railroad train uh, track going down their leg where they had a knee replacement and they're 45, 50 years old, but I'm being told I've got to wait till I'm 60. So it, it's, mm -hmm. that, that's frustrating in itself. Um, it but yeah, those are the two things that sparked my, it just popped into my head as you were talking about that. Well, I mean, and you're absolutely correct. And I think that, you know, speaking to, you know, just giving in to your kids, right? I think it's bigger than just the meals. It's, it's everything. It, right. It's, I like to say generational wisdom. I feel like we've lost so much of it, you know, in terms of like grandparents and great grandparents and, you know, like the whole, it takes a village type of thing. And I think we live in today's world where, especially moms are being told, 
well, you know, you've got to be a mom boss and, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this and this and, the, and, and all the this is right. Like, and if you're not doing all these things, you've somehow failed as a mom and you failed your children and moms are burning out big time. Oh, yeah. Right. And the thing is, is you rewind a hundred years. It wasn't like that. Right. right. When, when a new baby was in the community, it was like, we supported moms, right? Like there was this village that came together. You had, you know, sisters and aunts and grandmas and all these people who would, you know, come in to offer aid and support. And that's not to say that doesn't still happen, but the messaging has changed drastically, right? And, um, you know, back in the day, you know, a hundred years ago, we weren't telling moms to do these 47 things. It was just raise your kids and be an awesome mom. Like, that's it. That's all you had to do. But nowadays we're saying, no, no, that's not good enough. It's like, hold on. This is the next generation, right? If moms, I mean, when you think about, you know, front lines and what have you, moms are not only the front line, but they're kind of also the last resort too, right? Like right. when moms break down, the whole family breaks down, right? But we're not teaching women how to be awesome moms anymore. We're not saying like, hey, when these things happen, this is what we do. Now, what I can say on the positive is that there's this huge online grassroots movement kind of like shepherding women and teaching them really i don't want to say like old school parenting but it's kind of old school parenting but with like modern day wisdom it's this really cool place that we've never been before but it's teaching moms like why does your child calm down when we do these things well it's because we're teaching our children how to you know regulate right we're teaching them you know, co-regulation, it's a big deal. Kids can't regulate on their own, but when they feel your heartbeat and they see how calm you are, they're going to mimic that. Like we're teaching them the why behind it, not just like, oh, do it, you know, like right. which is, you would have gotten a hundred years ago. But nowadays we're, tell, we're telling people do it and here's why, and here are ways that you can implement. And we're, we're kind of like doing this whole new thing. And it's, it's creating these pockets of victory, in my opinion, where it's like, you know, those are the kids who aren't going to, I mean, they might break down because they didn't get their chicken nuggets, but at least mom knows, number one, why they're breaking down. Number two, how to assist in the breakdown. Number three, how not to give in on the chicken nuggets. And number four, why not to give in on those chicken nuggets, right? Like, or at least number five, how to find a better for you chicken nugget. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I get why people nugget, you know, like you're tired or you know, your kid really likes chicken nuggets or, you know, whatever it is. Like, there's so many reasons why people will nugget. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and knock it. My kids have had chicken nuggets, right? Um, but it's it's about, can we find a better way to nugget? Like, that to me is the real thing. It's, you know, I posted this thing once about how we should be nourishing ourselves. And, man, the pitchforks came out. And I'm like, why are people so mad about this idea of nourishment? You know, and and I realize in part it's because they think they know what I'm saying. They think I'm saying you can't have cookies, you can't have cake, you can't. Have, not, that's not what I said, right? right? And my whole thing is, is I think there should be cookies and cake. Hello, I started a bakery. Like, have right. you seen the pictures of cake that I post? I think cake oh, yeah. is amazing, right? I think I think cake and cookies and ice cream and chicken nuggets and all the things. I think it's fantastic. I think you should be looking for the ingredients you can pronounce. Well, you need to come out. You need to come out. We were talking earlier about the t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. That needs to be the catchphrase. Find a better way to nugget. Right? Yeah. Find (laughs) like, because it's true. Like, I think that 
there there's at least three brands that come to mind that make like an organic free blah 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 type of chicken nugget that's not gonna you know give you cancer in 10 years and all these things right like there are better for you chicken nuggets the problem is it's it's it, it's the cost right yeah. when we look at today's world where you know back in the days of you know our grandparents you know a man could go to work provide for his family buy a house and, right. and like everything was fine on one income, right? Nowadays, it's like, you both have to work to just scrape by, okay? Right. And that's before we even factor in if someone has a food allergy or food intolerance or any other kind of you know impairment at all where we know that these things come with costs, right? I was just talking about the hidden costs of food allergies the other day. And um, just the simple task of like sending a kid off to college you might pay an extra ten to twenty thousand dollars compared to all the other kids because you've got to provide all that food, right? It's like there are so many things that people don't think about until they have to. And so, <laughs> when we look at the cost of just food in general, right? Like before, again, before any sort of allergy or intolerance, you're already paying a bunch of money for food. And then along comes Kathleen and says, "Find the better nugget." And it's like, well, the better nugget is two times the cost. I, I can't afford the better nugget. And then I might say, well, make the better nugget. And they're like, well, I don't have time to make the better nugget. It's like, what do people do? Like, I don't know. And it's right. it's really hard, you know? Well, you've got you've got information out there that, that can help people and families deal with a lot of these things. What's the best how, how can people get in touch with you and get in, uh, get hold of your resources uh, to help? you know, help work on their children, their family members. What What's the best way to get in touch with you and see see what resources you have provided? Yeah, start with the website, theallergychef.com. That is the best place to start. It has loads of free articles. You can find the information for newly diagnosed. And then there's also links to like, you know, social media and the RAISE membership if you want to take it further for people who need more resources. Um, but definitely just start, start the website. Like that is the best place some of the articles there are just like absolute gold. Um, it gives you information just not only on like, you know, practical living, but also things you could purchase, you know, if you're looking for X, you know, Y might be the answer, that sort of thing. Um, and also too, like ways to get your kids involved um, because that's also a big deal. Like when we get our kids involved with whatever they're managing, whether it be, you know, food issue or even a non-food issue, that's when we also see all sorts of great improvement. Um, and it's also teaching our kids how to like advocate for themselves and right. take responsibility for themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, we're, we're giving them a gift when we can, um, you know, teach them how to do right by themselves. Right. And I think in the long run, waiting for that long run, cause we've gotten to be such a spontaneous, uh, civilization. We want that self gratification, but, you know, talking about, changing that diet yeah it's going to be difficult for a good while until your body adapts to what you're putting in it um, but ultimately i think you'll the you'll see relief or your children will see relief and start feeling better but it's it's a thing where you've got to hunker down and really make a yeah. decision hey we're going to do this we're going to try this and yeah it might be a rough few weeks you know a couple months uh, but i think realizing in the end, you know, down the road, there's going to be a benefit to what you did. And I think you'll be able to look back later going, you know what, well, we had to deal with this and it was difficult at first, but I think ultimately we've got a better quality of life. Yeah. 
No, you're right. You have to hunker down. And, th and that's true of everything. Like, you know, for people who want to take out screens from their kids, right? Because we know that causes a whole host of issues. Right. Like, that's hard, right? You go from like TV to nothing. Kids freak right. out, you know, and, you know, we change their diets, they freak out. And, and that's part of what's going to happen. But stay the course and the payout is big. It's like going to the gym. I mean, you get to the gym and those first few weeks, months are miserable, but you're still plugging and plugging and plugging along. But at the point you start seeing some differences, seeing some changes, slowly it becomes, it starts to make sense and become worthwhile as you're slowly progressing into a completely different person and reshaping your whole body, uh, readjusting your whole body. It's just having the patience and perseverance to keep on going, plugging along until uh, you see those differences, because then, you know, as far as being in the gym, it's like you're going to be very proud of yourself for having put yourself through all of that and, and, and to see so many positive changes. It is so true. You're 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 hitting me in the chest, man, because I've been working on my arms. So I'm like determined to get a gun show. But you're right. Yeah. It's like you got to you got to show up every day. Get it going. Right. Yeah, like every day. You know, there were some days where like my arms were so sore. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is this is crazy. And then you just show up the next day and you just keep going, you know? Yeah, the day after and the, the second day after. I mean, you feel a lot of pain, but eventually you get to the point where instead of that pain just being discomfort, the pain is telling you you did something good. You really accomplished something. Uh, so, yeah, it, that transition is painful. And one thing I can't stand is going to the gym and the next day not feeling any pain in my muscles at all because mentally I'm thinking I didn't do enough. I didn't do anything. I've got to feel that pain to know I've accomplished something. Okay, well, I'm going to let you have my pain. You can take my dose of pain. I'll like, take that. Hey, if you can go to the gym and make my arms sore and get me in shape, then I'm all for that. I say go for it. You need to get when – we, when we get down here, you need to get to the gym. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't want to go too far over. I mean, we, I, we, I want you back. I mean, every time we get into a discussion, we bring up a lot of things that I need to hear. And I think there are a lot of people out there that need to hear um, because yeah, quality of life is huge and there's nothing worse than just being miserable 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, but we've got to take, it's incumbent on us to step up and try to make those differences. But again, if we don't know what those changes and differences are that we need to make, we're just on a treadmill. So that's why I admire you. You know, you're taking what you've dealt with and what you're dealing with and you're making a positive out of all of this just to, to make yourself and your family better. But you also want these resources out there for people you don't even know to try to make, you know, help them make their life better. Well, you know me, I'm out here to change the world. That's my ultimate goal. So well, yeah, again, you know, we should, you know, next time we should talk about just what it looks like. What does that diagnosis state look like? Right? Like, you know, at what point do people reach their breaking points? I mean, I know we right. can't go over, but I mean, there's a lot we can unpack. Let's just well, say. yeah, well, it's just the lack of time. But like I said, we're gonna have you back because I want to talk about we talked about the first show about gaps, G-A-P-S. Yeah. Um, if anybody out there research that and find out, and it's a lot to do with what you're putting in your body and the leaky gut and things like that. So from now to the time we meet again, I want some of the viewers to research some of that and see if it's applicable to their lives 
and maybe we can come back and talk about that and, and offer some more suggestions or resources to help them. So again, just tell us how everybody can get in touch with you and see what you yeah. Check out theallergychef.com. Even on that site, there's a contact page. You know, if you want to get in touch and you're just like, hey, I don't even know where to start, you know, shoot an email. A lot of people feel like, um, you know, they can't even ask for help online or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, it might take me a hot minute to respond to you sometimes, you right. know, send that message if that's what it takes. You know, I'm happy to point people in the right direction because ultimately that's what this is all about. It's I really am just on a mission to change the world one bite at a time. Well, you're doing it. You're doing it. And I'm, I'm glad we've been able to connect. And through Anthony Griffo, Griffo Productions, uh, we're able to sit here and have this conversation and we will follow up with uh, many more conversations, hopefully, as you're available. But I, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and talking and chatting. And, you know, you've opened my eyes and hopefully some other people out there, you've uh, come helped them come to the realization they need to really sit back and reevaluate how they're living life and feeding themselves. And, uh, you're an amazing resource and, and a great person just to sit and talk to. So I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. And I, I could say all the same about you. I wish everybody who watches your show could sit and chat with you the way we, the way you and I get to sit and chat, you know, like before the show. Well, I'm just goofy. You're, I'm just goofy. That's all. You know, you're an awesome human. And I, I, I enjoy every conversation with you. It's awesome. Well, same here. Well, thank you for being here. And we're going to do it again real soon. And uh, just, I, pre I appreciate you. Thank you. All right.